0: Welcome to Creative Ops, a podcast for creative people. Hey everybody and welcome to Creative Ops. My name is Christopher Talon. I am the host of the show, I'm the creator of the show, I'm the musical director of the show. Speaking of which, I've got a new song to throw into the mix that I will unveil uh, shortly. But first, you may have noticed something in the title that was a little bit alarming. Is Creative Ops coming to an end? Well, I don't know, it's kind of one of those, uh, oh look, a new song. no I don't want to get out of podcasting I just want to change the name of this one some people it's been tough because some people are really split on it where they're like no I love the name of the podcast I like the aesthetic I like everything don't change and then there's other people that go yeah that would be a, a really good idea to change change the name of the show so that people understand immediately what it is so the new name that I'm thinking of going with is creative community, or maybe specifically Christopher Talon's creative community. And that would kind of give more of an idea towards what the show is actually about. It's about being part of a creative community, being inspired by other people and learning directly from other people how to, uh, you know do what they do in their art or genre or business or whatever or to uh just take what advice you can from them and apply it towards your own thing and uh, make something that's completely your own because that's kind of the whole point of uh, being a creative person right take some influences here take some influences there sprinkle in your own imagination and then bam you got your own shit So, as I usually do, when I don't know what to do about something, I call a friend or somebody who I know who uh, might have some wisdom on the matter. So, for this one, I called my buddy from the podcast A Talk in the Attic with Kirk Russ. Kirk Russ And, uh, bounced some ideas off him.
1: Hello? Hey Chris, uh, what are you doing today? Um... Oh, you want to hang out because, uh, my life just got paid. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Interesting. My life just got paid, too. Well, you know what that means, right? Jam
2: session. session. session.
1: Got a jam session. 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 Two trophy
0: husbands hooking up, doing some yeah. creative,
1: baby. I'm ready. I'm recording on my
2: side. You have it.
0: Okay. Yeah, and then I can sync it up on this one. Um. So, yeah, I was just getting to uh, mostly making this podcast... To suggest to people that I might change the name of the show to Christopher Tallon's Creative Community instead of Creative Ops because Creative Ops doesn't really apply as far as like what it means to people professionally doesn't apply to my show.
1: What does it mean to people professionally? What does Creative Ops mean?
0: It's let me look it up here. It's uh, creative operations bring structure, process and metrics to the creative process to optimize timelines and capacity cost. It involves looking at the creative process like a supply chain and figuring out where to optimize each step to produce more with the same or fewer number of people.
1: It's operations. It's, I'm a creative within a creative business. I got it. Okay.
0: Yeah. Interesting. For people yeah, that specifically are in like design and copywriting and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, where they're putting out a factory of you know, that there needs to be nine books published this this quarter, and it's just how we're going to make it happen.
0: Yeah, and that's fine. The world needs that, but that's just not what that's not what my podcast is about. So. I thought it would be like uh, more on the nose to call it something else.
1: Yeah. So create So Christopher Tallon's Creative Community. It's like a PPCC.
0: Yeah, and then and then if I ever made uh, shirts or hats, it could look like Community College gear, but then it could say like something smart-ass where the like line should be for uh, yeah,
1: we like, we like a crest in there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like a school crest. It's like where creativity overcomes laziness most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh
1: <laughs> uh, shit first off i don't think a, a podcast about creative operations management would probably be very fun to listen to
0: yeah there so, used to yeah, be one and it's actually called the creative operations podcast and then they called it creative ops podcast for short which is why i specifically don't have podcast in the title of mine because i didn't want it to get confused for that one but there's like seven episodes of that yeah I mean,
1: if, you, if you don't stick with it you lose your you lose your rights i don't know if that's true from a legal perspective <laughs> so it's even if you have the exact same name Your, yeah what are you at now 100 are you are almost to 100 or over 100
0: i'm uh, this is going to be like episode 88 i think almost 90 hell yeah keep it rolling baby yeah i've got plenty more episodes than they do so at, at this point <laughs> and i don't think they've yeah. published one in almost a year either people if you're going to listen to anything else in, new uh, in the year coming ahead try the creative ops podcast hosted by somebody that's not me and talks about what creative ops actually is? <laughs>
1: Do you think if they were it, probably if they were better at managing creative operations, they would have put out more than seven episodes?
0: I mean, maybe they just had too much creativity to manage. I don't know.
1: It's possible, it's unlikely, but possible. Mm-hmm. I imagine a creative operations manager is probably not the most creative person either. You know, they're probably more type A kind of program management style folks.
0: Yeah, maybe. Or maybe it just depends where you go to But I mean, that could be said of anything. People always said that I didn't seem like a, a typical English major, but uh, you know, I don't even know what that means.
1: Yeah, what exactly is a typical? Eight? I think you do. Yeah, I think you're, you're the, I think you're one of the few few folks I've been exposed to that can claim that major. So you're <laughs> you're like the archetype for me in my head.
0: Were you a, a typical or atypical engineering student?
1: I would say I was a definitely atypical engineering student. Yeah, um, but but then again, I never really intended to. Although my degree is in engineering, I never really intended to work as like a hardcore mathematical, you know, focused engineer. I always kind of wanted to get into more project management. So, you know, the, a lot. The, you know what the, the old trope is about engineers? They're kind of less than outgoing and introverted and all of that. So I didn't necessarily fit in completely. But there's a, I know a lot of engineers that are extroverted and that can manage and all that, too. So, yeah, we, we shouldn't have paint. We shouldn't have paint with such broad strokes, you know.
0: Yeah, really. Jeez, Kirk. I'm glad you finally came to that realization yeah, say, through my friendship.
1: I will say I will say demographically,
2: I yeah, is definitely typical though. I mean, you
1: know, the only the only downside to you losing the name Creative Ops though is I always envision that until this morning when my world came crashing down and I found out that creative operations is an actual title of a job. I figured that you kind of named it that because of your military background.
0: That was kind of the motivation behind it. And I thought it was creative, but then I was like, oh, no, that's actually a thing. And it's, that's people that don't do what I do.
1: Yeah, and you built up quite a community. So I think it's, it's a good time to change. CTCC, they're offering online courses. And they've got a, a intramural volleyball team that's doing really well. I hear, yeah. I hear yeah. good things about CTCC.
0: The CTCC plan is go to four colleges and graduate from two of them.
1: That's not easy to do.
0: I No, it's not. That, I, but I can show people how. I've, I've been there.
1: How many do you have to fail out of in order to achieve those marks?
0: Um, okay, so I'll give you just the, the, the overview here. What you do is you start out barely graduating from high school, like barely. Then
1: This is a a plan that you have to put into motion kind of early then is what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And then you apply to only state universities um, Mm -hmm. because you'll have a better chance. And then when you get into one of those, you immediately get uh, all D's and F's until they kick you out. Okay. Then you go to your nearest community college. Okay, and if
1: you're, in the, if you're in the Jenison, Granville, Hudsonville area, that would probably be CTCC in this case.
0: Well, almost, almost. You go to your okay. own community college.
2: <coughs> <coughs>
0: and then what you do is you sign up for a bunch of classes, and then about five weeks in, you just stop going. Okay. Then you work construction for a while. Yes. Then you join the military. Mm-hmm. Then you go back, and then you go to a CC, and you actually graduate. And then you go on to a four year school and graduate from there as well.
1: Oh, so it's kind of symmetrical.
0: So I did it backwards, yeah. Four two, construction, military, military, <laughs> two and four again, yeah.
1: That's and not to mention the the great the bad grades up front in high school. So I mean,
0: and the bad grades, like I, mean, I was I was pushing for a, a disaster. Really, like it should have been. It's one of those things uh where there's a, a disaster somewhere, and they're like, "Well, in hindsight, we should have noticed that this, 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 and this were all not uh, within standards."
1: So we went. We went to see Kevin Nealon play at. Full House Comedy Club, which oh, dude. is at the upper level of Creston. I think you've been there.
0: Yeah, Kevin Nealon's amazing.
1: Kevin Nealon was oh my god, goodness! It was just fucking hilarious. <laughs> his whole his his subtle tone and his shtick and the it was, it was so funny. There was a really drunk guy there who was getting threatened to be kicked out throughout the entire opening sections and.
2: They kind of were saying, like, "Look, you're gonna if you if you think we're rough, like the the headliner is straight up going to kick your ass out of here. So shut the fuck up." Yeah. You know, when you've had when you've had 900 beers
1: and you think that people paid $50 to go to a nice comedy club to to see you uh, heckle somebody, they don't necessarily get the point. And so he ultimately left on his own accord during the very beginning of of Kevin Nealon's set. And when it was happening, Kevin Nealon started narrating it, but narrating it very like. he was obfuscating everything. It was very general, so he'd say, "But hey, you know, sometimes things work out, right? Sometimes your problems just, you know, take care of themselves." And the guy was kind of slowly walking away. So he this ended up going on for five minutes. And then <laughs> the guy, the guy, the guy got to the door and stopped and was kind of just mean mugging Kevin. And Kevin was like, "Oh, but sometimes not so fast. Sometimes you gotta wait." And it was just it was so comical. It was like an impromptu five minutes of just genius in terms of working the room and, and keeping control of the room even during a time when he had you know there's an element of losing control so that was hilarious and then the beautiful part is at the end i gave him a talk in the attic hat and he accepted it and he appreciated it so if you ever he, he has a show on youtube called hiking with kevin
0: amazing and he,
1: yeah it's really good he gets really good guests on there and they just hike around the the valley the canyons you know in, in l.a
0: okay hold on a second i just gotta say this real quick a plug for that show if you do ever watch that one one of the best episodes even though it's not like his highest profile guest he takes his wife on a hike and his wife was the um actress who played the sweetums uh widow on parks and recreation oh yes yes yeah and just because like they have that intimacy with each other that that was a really good conversation
1: yeah i'll have to check I, i haven't seen that one i'll check that out yeah, so he normally wears a he normally wears a bucket hat on that show, and I I don't have bucket hats, so hopefully he'll break the mold and wear a you know just standard talking the attic dad hat one of these times. Well, I'm gonna be checking the, the feed for sure.
0: I have but one yeah, you no. can borrow too in the meantime if you need to. A, a bucket hat. Yeah, it's desert camo, but it's it'll do the job.
1: said like limes float in drink so you, you know if you're ever water skiing you can just put a lime in your pocket and if they say hey you need a life jacket you can say no man i got a lime i'm saved by the buoyancy of citrus good old mitch good old mitch We need, don't you think you should bring up the fact that we're about to
0: embark on a studio project? Oh, yeah. I'm doing it actually from my garage right now. I'm in the back of my garage, which there's just like a an extra half stall, I guess, on one side of it that I want to wall off here with Kirk's help and turn into my, um, I guess, writing office slash podcast studio. That's awesome. So, yeah. That's awesome. I think that... And I'll call it a talk in true. the garage. That's cool.
1: A-tags. A-tags. Yeah. I haven't stepped outside yet, and I'm wearing a Canadian tuxedo with a short sleeve denim and short sleeve keen shorts right now. So if I do go out there, I'm going to have to make a serious wardrobe change. And even if I stay in here, the more I look at this, it may not be the right look for me anyway.
0: Well, I thought you were just going to say a kimono and sandals, so that's better than nothing.
1: <laughs> I was going to do that, but baby Dax kind of took that look, man. He owns it. I don't really even want to step on his tiny, adorable toes. <laughs>
0: Right now, 100% of the Trophy Husband songs on record are indirectly about public.
1: sex. It's, teacher, pelvic thrusting. Yes. But even that's more of a joke on how you know it's not that sexy. You know, it turns out making a paycheck is kind of hot, but sitting around and spending it is kind of not. We're almost coming up a year on that, so I, you know it's time. It's high time for another Trophy Husband's hit, Chris.
0: It really is because I've I don't go around telling people this, but I've been noticed in public as the guy from that video
2: That's cool.
0: <laughs> so oh, man. it was somebody who was like oh yeah i saw you on that i like that show and i was like oh, oh cool I, I didn't go like do you listen to mine because <laughs> they didn't even mention anything about mine they were just like i really like a talk in the attic i was like oh cool So how's your uh, stuff going, man? You just had loop baby Dax.
2: Let's think about loop baby Dax.
0: That kid's hilarious.
1: It's pretty crazy. He's four years old. For those of you listening, I had a gentleman, (laughs) gentleman, a gentle toddler, if you will. He's four years old. A little gentleman. Just just recently turned four. And since he was about 18 months old, he's been, he's fallen in love with Mark Rebier, who we call affectionately as the loop daddy. If you don't know who that is, make sure you go check him out. But... Uh, this little 18 month old kid barely could walk, barely could talk. Would sit there and uh, there's pictures and videos being posted to the fan group for years now of him just studying every move of Mark Rebier on his live streams, like like you would expect to see a football coach watching a game film, scouting the opponent.
0: Yeah. And, um, Making sure he's got the hand gestures just right and everything.
1: Dude, just mim- mimic like completely monkey see monkey do. But he's so good at it, and now he's four years old and so he's an old veteran in the business at this point but he had the opportunity uh through his exposure his mom essentially his mom was hosting these videos of him uh performing Mark Rebier right alongside him basically watching the streams and copying what he does she had been posting that to the fan group for quite some time and so uh Mark Rebier the artist himself knows this kid his name is Dax and when Mark played at Red Rocks uh Dax was there with his parents and Mark uh, called him up on stage so this little four-year-old kid had 10,000 people at Red Rocks shouting Dax 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 and so uh I had him on the show I had him and you know put it this way you know how you, you hear directors sometimes say never work with kids and act or kids
0: and animals right I think that's what they say never <laughs> kids and animals yeah and uh, I can tell you from an energy
1: perspective, I, I couldn't disagree more. I, I love the energy of Dax, uh, but, but I will say that from an editing perspective, it was a challenge because it's, <laughs> this is a remote Zoom interview. We had to do multiple uh, interviews, and you know he's four years old, so sitting in front of a computer and talking, when really what you want to do is uh, learn how to play the piano and sing and, and dance like Mark, it, it, it was a tough couple of days for him. He handled it really well. I I think the end product is quite endearing. It's kind of a wholesome episode. Now, when I say wholesome, I mean the overall uh, message and the overall human interest element of the show is wholesome. Now, if you're looking for profanity, you'll probably never meet a four-year-old that swears more like a sailor than this guy.
0: (laughs) And And his mom is cool. She's like, if the worst thing he does is say fuck, I'm okay with it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. The question becomes, of course, if you're already saying fuck at four years old, is that really going to be the worst thing you ever do? You know, we'll t- the the jury's still out on that. But this kid is maniacally focused, I would say, on becoming the next Loop Daddy. So going so far as to say that at 21 he's actually going to just straight up supplant Mark Rebier. And I asked him, I said, "So, so you're just going to transform into Mark? Well, what will happen to the real Mark?" And he had no answer to that. So I, I don't know if that's I don't know ominous ominous tone. Yeah. Over the show at that point
0: yeah his after right after you guys got off the off the zoom call he was like mom where, where do people go when i don't see them anymore and, oh boy
1: <laughs> exactly this is you know you're, when you you don't have a ton of nuanced understanding of uh selflessness right kids <laughs> are kind of selfish because they're supposed to be that's how it works
0: yeah yeah so uh, in his mind he's gonna take over from mark and then mark's gonna go to that big music studio in the sky i guess he's gonna go look at that big butthole in the sky
1: a big in the sky.
0: <laughs>
1: But this little four-year-old was telling me, you know, when I first, when I was like two, I really liked One More Time. And then now my favorite song is Work That Ass for Daddy. <laughs> so it, <laughs> this is a comical concept. Because, of course, that on its face, Work That Ass for Daddy is just, you know, Work That Ass for Daddy is just a series of words. But, of course, the... The implied meaning of that is something very sexual, something that the four-year-old doesn't quite understand. So, you know, the the biggest challenge, Chris, for that whole episode was making sure I gave this little guy room to talk and be himself without kind of coming. I had to worry about looking like, first off, like a Crete. I had to worry about looking like someone who's trying to exploit a kid, you know, and all that. And I think that we were able to pull it off in a way, according to the feedback I'm getting and according to my own opinion, I think we pulled it off in a way that. Was cute and genuine, and I had a blast talking to the kid. Yeah, there no, was one part where none he, of
0: the adults he, came he, off like overzealous pageant moms.
1: None of that, none of that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was one part where, uh, there, there was one part that made the final cut where he he had just impromptu entered into a beatboxing session, and I will say, for a four-year-old kid, he's quite the
0: beatboxer. Yeah, you know, his timing <laughs> is really good. At the yeah, he right wasn't right?
1: bad. And yeah, and so he, but then he got into his lyrics and he started to say, "I'm gonna get naked." It, the whole I'm gonna take
0: my gonna clothes off.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I thought, you know, look.
0: Wasn't that what he kept I'm saying? I'm going to take my clothes off.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, there's I'm having a hard time remembering which one made the cut because most of the songs resulted in him taking his clothes off. And
0: which are also pretty yeah, similar to Mark's songs.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But at one point, I, I was on the drums that he was singing, and he started saying, I'm going to take my clothes off. And Kirk's going to take his clothes off. <laughs> so that was one that I cut out of there. I'm like, that, yeah. that's incriminating, brother.
0: Yeah, that's uh that's <laughs> We know what you're trying to say isn't really what you're saying, but uh Bruh. I'm going to hang up did on you. Did you get
1: anything
0: good? Oh, I'm sure I did.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. They like us. We can light it them. <laughs> Yeah man, yeah yeah, yeah man. Weird, right?